Guys, here we go. Hey. What is this, week two of the fall? In the fall. In the fall. In the fall. I was amazed. We asked the question, how many of you have fallen in an embarrassing way? And I was amazed at how many people in the services have actually fallen into a fountain. <laughs> <laughs> they were like... 50. <laughs> Is that a big thing? How do you do that? Even all, I've never done that. Of all the random things that a, you could say, though. Like, <laughs> have you ever fallen? In a fountain. I, I just <laughs> thought of it. You know, I thought, how many of you ever fallen in an embarrassing way? Uh, hands went up. Then how many in a fountain? It's like, ooh. ooh, ooh it's like, like he what sees have me. people been doing? Yeah. I know fountain. where to find a fountain. I've fallen into. Either of you ever fallen into a fountain? No. No. Okay, nobody present on the podcast no. has actually done it. Well, then it was falling up the stairs. That's yeah, impressive. but I had done that too. I didn't realize it was so common. I kind of figured I was the only person ever to have done that. But I guess you just can fall up the stairs. Just like a trick of the enemy, making you feel like that you're the only one. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Okay. Way to bring it back around, Greg. <laughs> yeah, I don't know that that worked, but okay. I thought well, I was there. I thought, I thought. We'll go with that. Yeah. Yeah, it was a fun day. Enjoyed it. We always have fun. And I think that's a good thing to say for church. It should be. Yeah. Not just fun, but uh, I enjoy hanging out with the folks. And just being in God's presence and uh, seeing what He does. It was good. Hearing testimonies, too, is so good. So many people came up to me uh, yesterday. Several people came up to me just talking about what God's been doing in their lives Mm -hmm. lately. It's just amazing. Amazing. So we have fun. If you're not with us on the weekend and can, come on and join us. Jump in. Several people yesterday came up to me and said, I watched online and loved it so much I wanted to come in person. So that was cool. That was a number of people yesterday that I never met. Yeah. So it's really, really fun. So if you're watching us online only and you're able to, come on. Yeah, come on. We'd love to come meet on. you in person. Make sure you stop by the uh, uh, the first-time guest uh, booth out there, and then we'll get, uh, get some of our volunteers, and staff will be out there to meet you as well. It'll be a good time. Yep, yep. All right. So week two of the fall, yep. and uh, last week had spent some time talking about Satan's fall, and mm-hmm. uh, this time you took us to Genesis 2 and Genesis 3 and began to look at uh, old Adam and Eve. And uh, what'd you, what do we say, what do we say, Matt? I can't say that, I don't think. <laughs> oh, oh, Adam and Eve, messing things up for everybody. Ruined it for all of us, <laughs> didn't it? So, uh, yeah. So, anyways, I mean, great. Uh, I think kind of goes without saying, but we'll say it anyways, man. Great job breaking that down uh, for us and uh, really taking us to uh, how, you know, how our enemy, how Satan kind of slides in there and tries to deceive us and tries to trick us and turn and twist things around what God says and how he doesn't speak truth. So, man, really powerful job. And, yeah, I think, man, there were... Uh, I think in the last service, four or five people said yes to Christ uh, in that last service there. So, man, what a great day it was as people are beginning to recognize the the tricks of the enemy. Yeah, yeah. You know, Genesis 3 opens up talking about the serpent, who we discussed a little bit, Satan, the satanic influence there and the words of Satan coming through the serpent. But it says the serpent was more cunning than any beast of the field. And that word means uh, crafty. It's not really a, um, a positive thing. The scripture does not portray that positively, mm-hmm. in my opinion, from the language. Cunning means kind of a plotting, sly, crafty beast who, who thinks of ways to further their own agenda, you know, that type of thing. So it, it really is, um, this message really helped me to see just how crafty our enemy is mm-hmm. and how 
sly he is. Now, we've already said, and we're not backing away from the fact that he's defeated, mm -hmm. he's under our feet, he's behind us, he's nothing to be feared. But I do think we need to keep an awareness of how sly he is. He does not just come to you and announce, I'm here to wreck your life. Right. I'm Satan, yep. and I'm going to turn you into an addict. It all starts with fun, mm -hmm. the promise of yeah. it anyway, yeah. fun. Yeah. Uh, fulfillment, all that type of thing. So uh, I think it's important that we recognize he is a fallen being. He is a created being. He's also a very crafty being. Yeah, and I love how were, you go ahead. No, yeah, I just I, I love how you went pointing that out. Then you point out the words that God spoke to Adam and Eve about the trees and the tree, and then how he was crafty with that. How Satan comes in and he he uses what God said, but he adds just a little bit to it. And it's like he he got that in their head and put that seed of doubt of, oh, yeah, why did he say that, you know, when it's not even what he said in the first place. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Have you ever had the, the uh, ever had anyone around, and there are people who do this, and I think they're operating in a certain spirit, but they, um, they kind of cast doubt in your mind about other people. Mm -hmm. You know, they'll, they'll kind of come in and, say things about other people, and often they, they say it without saying it. You know what I mean? Yep. I, I think a straight-up person just says what they mean and means what they say, but there are people who will come in and talk to you with innuendos about other people, and they'll cast down on other people without playing their hand, without endangering themselves, and they're dangerous, manipulative people, you know, mm -hmm. because they're operating under that same cunning spirit. Um, anytime somebody comes to do that to me, I try to just toss that out mm. you know mm -hmm. people come saying now watch out for this guy this and that and the other if I get a sense that that spirit is there I kind of just put that over on the shelf and I try to take people um, I try to judge people based on how they actually treat me and my own interaction with them I don't let myself be poisoned against a person by the accusations of others. Mm -hmm. And that's critical. And I think that's exactly what the, the enemy was trying to do here, uh, was to poison God in the minds of Adam and Eve, saying he really doesn't have your best interests at heart. You know, mm. He's actually keeping something good from you. You know, and that's <laughs> that was certainly true in this scenario, but I mean, we see that play out in our lives as, as well. Uh, you know, something... Something doesn't quite go according to plan. Something doesn't work out the way that we think that it's supposed to. The job doesn't go the way that it's supposed to. Family doesn't go the way it's supposed to. And immediately that that little doubt tries to creep into your mind. You know, if God if God loves you so much, why is He allowing these things to happen? You know, it doesn't if God really cared about you, He'd He'd be stepping in. And I think we've all experienced those voices that that pop up just saying those same things. Doesn't you know? You can you know, doubt God on this. Doubt doubt that God has your best interest at heart. Doubt that God knows what He's doing in your life. You know how we combat that, and I'm learning this. I'm really in process on this one. I'm learning to be grateful for what God has done in my life up to this point. Mm -hmm. It's easy to do this, and I do it, and I bet a bunch of our listeners do it. Bet y'all do it. It's easy to get a blessing from God and say, thank you, Lord, and then put that blessing over here on a shelf somewhere and forget about how God was so good to us in giving us all this. Yep. And then when we face another challenge, we don't have anything to meet it with. Mm -hmm. You know, What we ought to meet it with is with the grateful 
spirit that we had, we should have from what he did yesterday. Yep. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. But it's so easy for me to leave, and there's a, there's a certain part of the past you want to leave in yesterday. There's a certain part of the past you want to carry with you into your future, and that's what gratefulness does. Mm -hmm. That's what Thanksgiving does, which we're entering into that season. For instance, let's say my wife and I moved into a new home in uh, May of this year, and we're really excited about it and really happy with it. And we love our house, and it was just a wonderful gift from God. God blessed us with this home and put us there, right? Um, let's say I've got something I need to do in that home, and uh, there's, there's some work I need to do. And not It's a great home, but there's just some upgrades and, or, or some uh, landscaping, some things we're trying to do and everything. And I was just thinking the other day, God, why do I have to do this now? Why do I have to do that? And it's like I was in the kitchen this morning and God spoke to my heart and said, why don't you just thank me this morning <laughs> for what I've blessed you with? Right. You know what I mean? Right. Um, that's one of the key ways I think that we combat the enemy's accusations of God to our minds is to continually be grateful for what he's done for us. Mm. You know? Yeah. That's one of the, it's funny because it's one of those things that God has really been convicted me of the last couple of weeks, maybe longer than that, but <laughs> we're in this stage of like, uh, we have this opportunity that looks like, hey, we might be able to get some land and it's actually, you know, another kind of home situation and it's like, right. and it's not just falling into place, you know? <laughs> yeah. And I found myself going, God, where are you at? What are you doing? Like, why isn't this happening? And same thing, it's like, look around though, like, you have your family, you have the house you're in now, you've got incredible job you know there's all these things it's like you said Sunday he has said yes so many times mm -hmm. already there's mm -hmm. just this one no that you're so fixated on yeah it's and it turns into uh, pride and narcissism almost yeah. and it's like for me I'm not putting that on you yeah. but it turns into <laughs> no I heard you I heard you <laughs> Yep, there it is. <laughs> Matt, stop it. The narcissist. No, it, it just turns into me being very self-focused rather than being grateful for what the Lord has done in mm -hmm. my life. You know, I'm in a place now in, in, in my life that I dreamed of being 20 years ago, mm -hmm. you know. But it's so easy for me to just forget all that God has done. And then Satan comes and says, well, you've done this and God hasn't provided this or that. God's been so good to me. Mm -hmm. If God never did another thing for me until I died, right. he's way ahead, I promise you. Of course, he will for all of us. One of the things that I found recently, and kind of going along to, in, the, in the same idea, is that I mean, I've been writing down um, the things that I'm thankful for and, mm -hmm. and the blessings that I remember uh, uh, about God. And I used to do this several years ago, and I, and I kind of I'd gotten out of the habit. I had you know, gotten away from it. And so I picked up I picked up my journal and we're going to start this thing doing this thing again. And I looked back over where I had done this a couple of years ago, and there were so many things that I had forgotten that God had done, um, that God had helped me with, that God had blessed me with, that I had put it on that shelf and forgotten mm -hmm. about. But if I hadn't written it down and been able to go back and read it, I don't know that I would have ever remembered it. So maybe I know it's been helpful for me. Maybe it will be uh, for you guys out there as well. Man, start writing these blessings down. Start writing this stuff down that God's done for you so that you'll be able to remember and look back. That's good. I think when you're doing that, we talked yesterday and Matt mentioned it, how there are a thousand yeses mm -hmm. for every no in God. Mm -hmm. You know, who knows how many trees there were. You know, he said you can eat of all these trees, just stay away from this one. Right. So who knows how many trees, maybe 10,000 yeses for one no. It is so easy, Matt said it, to get fixated on the one no that I'm facing right now, the one sticky point, 
and forget all there. And that's essentially, I think, what Adam and Eve did. Right. Uh, they forgot all the fruit that was there. I would just love to see all the fruit that was around them that they could have enjoyed. It's just unbelievable. You know, in the, uh, in the New Jerusalem, you know, in our eternal home, there's, uh, there's the tree that bears 12 manner of fruit. And, and a lot of Bible scholars call it jokingly the fruit of the month club, God's fruit of the month, because it's almost like it's going to bear a different beautiful fruit every month. I got to believe there were some trees like that in the Garden of Eden. Mm -hmm. I, I got to believe that there were trees that, that had the most delicious fruit. There, there were, for sure, beyond anything we could imagine. But they, got, they allowed themselves to be fixated on the one thing they felt like they couldn't have. Hmm. And then you... I think I think you pointed it out in all the services, but it, it's that moment when the certain serpent speaks. It's that first question mark in the Bible, is what you said. And yeah, I've you know it's not one of those things I've ever thought about it, but it was he came in and he just questioned that one thing. Yeah, and that one question led to all the other questions that ran through their head. Yeah, yeah, it's a and slippery it, slope. And the problem comes into play is what does Eve do with that question? Right there, right? So, it, you know, you had given us a couple of things that we should say. Like, if you, <laughs> there's only two things that you should say, uh, say to the enemy. And she didn't say either one of those. You know, she kind of engaged in this conversation, which sent it, you know, sent everything kind of spiraling down. But she was willing to engage in this back and forth there instead of taking her, her place and her authority that she had in that moment as well. Um, and so when we, I think that we're going to get these questions and these doubts that'll pop up from time to time, but what are we going to do uh, with that voice when that doubt begins to pop into play? Um, how are we going to respond to it? Because that'll determine uh, our course of action at that point. Yeah. Don't we all wish Eve had said, get behind me, <laughs> or it is written. Of course, it wasn't written at that point. No. She couldn't have said that. She should have done your stomping exercise, though. She, she was walking <laughs> with God in the garden, though. But they had just it's heard what God there. said. The only thing Eve had to do was remember what God said yeah. and give that right back at Satan and tell him, this is what God said, I'm done talking. Yep. You know? And if I could say that more, this is what God said, wow. I'm done talking about this. Wow. I'm done reasoning about this. This is what God said. This is what I'm living in. So get on behind me, and I'm going to get on with my life. That's good. Yeah. Yep. All right. Yep. I guess that means this is the end. <laughs> this is the end. Oh, it's been a good time. I was Thank thinking about what to say next. <laughs> well, that's it. I didn't have anything. That's it. Thank you all, and we'll see you next time.